This is Michael Bishop of the Power Hour, and you're listening to the 615 Podcast on the Titan Upload Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Caldera Lab Studios. It's your host, Lee Hillis. And yes, you see, we are sponsored by Caldera Lab. Gentlemen, first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, people will notice, especially as you get older. Yes, fellas, I'm talking to you. Lucky for you, it's not hard. You just don't have the right tools. That's where Caldera Lab comes in. Their products reduce the visibility of wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Show your skin who's boss and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. The Caldera Lab product line starts with the regimen, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts and ends your day. The face wash leaves all skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. The Good is your multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce your, the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. No other brand does this, better yet. Caldera Lab is the only brand that cares enough, cares about this enough to know. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer. This is the this is their best offer available anywhere. Just use our code Titan at calderlab.com to get 20% off right now. Yes, get 20% off right now with our code Titan at Caldera Lab and make an unforgettable first impression that leads to the charming words, you look younger. And as we get ready to start the show, let's come bring our co-host in here from What's Shaking Titans, Gary Bailey. Gary, how are you? Man, I'm awesome. Ready to talk some Titans, man. What's shaking with you, Lee? I'm I'm good. And of course, y'all will know our guest, but the only way to introduce our guest is this right here. Why? Just why? I've seen a lot of Titans games over the course of my career, but this one just hit a little bit different. I mean, Mike Vrabel got outcoached by Kevin Stefanski. The entire team got outmanned, straight up. Miles Garrett owns Andre Dillard. Miles Garrett proceeded to take my, take Andre Dillard's lunch money, then eat his lunch in front of him. To cut it short, let's go bring our guest in here, Colton Hicks. Also known as Hicksify on Twitter. Colton, how are you? I am doing great. I'm doing a lot better than whenever that video was filmed. Uh, you know, after the beautiful win against the Bengals. But uh, yeah, after that Browns game, I was not doing too hot. But Titans fans, we, we know what happened. Titans flipped the script and split with the state of Ohio. Beating this, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Boston Bobcats, bro. Boston Bobcats. Boston Bobcats. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's just go and get to rolling. Some NFL news: the conservatorship is over for Michael Orr. And Colton, how shocking is that? That it happened that quick? Uh, I mean, it, I don't honestly, it didn't really shock me at all. I mean, 
judging by everything that happened, all of the information that was coming out, it was very much known that Michael Lower and the Tui family was just very much kind of just, you know, going their own ways at this point with Michael Lower coming out and just talking about how Tui family just, you know, never paid him the money that he was owed. I mean, just basically, basically what the NCAA was afraid of happening. It kind of seems like it was happening where they were bringing him in to make him exclusively go to the Ole Miss to become, you know, the All-American that he was. And, you know, obviously there was, I'm sure there was still love from the Tui family to Michael Lower. It just really sucks that after the movie that came out, how, I mean, growing up, everyone loved The Blind Side. I don't know anyone that didn't like it. And then just it's, the, it's the beautiful still, movie. It's my favorite movie. It, it, it's an incredible movie. I mean, it, it was it was a fantastic portrayal of what everyone thought of Michael Lower. Unfortunately, when, you know, it comes out, I mean, Michael even wrote a book about it, about just how, it's, I mean, the movie portrayed him as just a dumb kid never played football, and he's just like, what are you even talking about? I'm playing football my entire life, and I was already going to be All-American. So, I, so it just, things just didn't quite add up. So, yeah, this conservative shit being broken apart doesn't really surprise me. I, I fully expect it to, you know, to come, and hopefully Michael Lover will finally get the right the money that he deserves. From the blind side. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I have to I have to agree with you there. You know, it's good that it's finally over. Do I think it was? Did I think it was going to happen this quickly? No, I th- I thought it would happen sometime after the NFL season was over. But you know, it's it's really good for Michael Orr that you know all this is said and done with. You know, so now he's able to start planning ahead and moving forward. So you know, I I definitely think that's a good thing. So, the other news coming out of Titans camp: Kyle Phillips is back. Which means someone had to go. Who <laughs> guilty? Was Mason. R.I.P. R.I.P. Big Mason Kinsey. All the love. Yep. All the love, man. He gets. He he has been producing for the Titans. You know, uh, whether it's on the practice uh, practice squad or actually in games as a return man, he has been steadily producing for us. It sucks to see this happen to him. Would have been nice to be able to see him stay on the roster a little bit longer. But, yeah, you know, to have Cal Phillips back, my fingers are crossed that the man can stay healthy this time and actually produce for us. Uh, we can only hope. I mean, it's that that's what really kills me about Cal Phillips is that the potential is just unreal. I mean, it is absolutely insane what Cal Phillips can do. He can be insanely dangerous when he's, when he's healthy. The only problem, the guy is never healthy, so we don't really know what he can do. I mean, hell, the, having, you know, his rookie year, having the muff punts that started off, and then the injuries, and now it just continues to happen. It's like we're never going to be able to see what Kyle Phillips' ceiling is, and it drives me insane. And, I mean, hell, with Mason Kinsey, he's just he's a training camp favorite. I don't think I've, I've seen a guy that's had this much love that doesn't play as much since, like, Mark Mariani, like, way back in the day. I mean, just everybody yeah. loved him no matter what. Same deal with Mason Kinsey. He's a training camp favorite. He's just a little dude. He can return the ball well. And I just I hope that he's going to be able to come back to this. I'm assuming he's going to come back to P-Squad. And, you know, depending on injuries, maybe he makes another shot at going back to the active roster. And another name that is back, NPF, returned to the practice field on Monday. Yeah, man, that's that's really good for the Titans, you know, because this O-line needs every bit of help they can get. You know, uh, I'd say for the most part, you know, I'd say for the most part, if you look at this O-line, you know, they – they, I wouldn't say they're the worst offensive line in the league. 
you know, when you kind of look at the time to pass, you know, you'd be shocked to know who's at the very bottom of that list with time to pass. It's it's none other than Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua. He has less time than anybody in the league. And then the person with the most time, once again, is Bryce Young from the Carolina Panthers. And Tannehill is, like, right in the middle. So, you know, uh, it kind of poses that question, man. Like, how much of the Titans' performance do we really solely put on the O-line? Or do we really kind of sit back and reevaluate and say, okay, well, do we put any of this on Tannehill as well? It's just a, you know, a good kind of talking point to, to go over. I mean, I feel like you have to put some of it on Tannehill, right? I mean, uh, like, I, and I stand by this. At the end of the day, a good quarterback is going to show some type of flashes. He's going to be able to produce even with bad offensive line play. I talk I about stand it. by that. And I mean, now don't get me wrong, Joe Burrow's got the calf injury right now, and it's holding him back quite a bit, but. Hell, he when he when he made the Super Bowl run had a horrific offensive line. Good yep. quarterbacks are still going to do something, yep. even when the yeah. offensive line is just not as good. And so that's where it's and that's where Ryan Tannehill. That I mean, there, like I said in my TikToks, you know, there's just a lot of division in the Titans fan base because there's that one side that does recognize that ta- that Tannehill's he can get you to the playoffs, he can get you a little bit over 500. You know, he'll show some flashes here and there, but is he going to be able to take you to a Super Bowl, even with a good offensive line? Yeah, well, and and here's my question: is with the way we've seen him perform this year, because the way we've seen him perform this year is like we've never seen before. Do you still think that he is the quarterback to get you even into the playoffs? You know, that's that's a question you really got to sit back and ask yourself now. The the thing that really helps Tannehill right now is, I mean, one, the division is very young across the board. Tannehill does have the most experience as far as quarterback goes, and yes. old, and now the Titans are getting ready. To, you know, we'll talk about it later in the podcast, but. You know, getting ready to go play the Colts. I mean, we got a lot of our division games are going to be late in the year as well. And so those division games are going to be the most crucial for Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be able to win those, that's going to ultimately determine, the, you know, how far this Titans team is going to go. But even then, once the Titans do get into the playoffs, is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to win you those ball games? I mean, we've seen it where, we, you know, we tried in 2019, get, you know, leading with Derrick Henry. Is Derrick Henry, you know, the star running back, going to be able to take you to a Super Bowl? Well, Go play the Chiefs. Ultimately, the elite quarterback is gonna is gonna you know they take over and they win ball games. That's what Ryan yeah. Daniel has to do, and this is his last chance. Yeah, and I'll say this, man. You know, you're talking about being in a young division and stuff. If you really go and and let's just talk about Texans and the Titans, man. C.J. Stroud's out here making making a name for himself, and uh, the, you oh, know the level, yeah, and the level of production that he's doing, you know, like this is to be where Tannehill's playing at, being a twelve year vet. However, you see Tannehill out here making mistakes that you see rookies make, and you're like, man, you're a twelve year vet, like you should be past this, you should know better, you know. So it, it is kind of head scratching, and man, like you said, you know, the Titans fan base is so split on this. But you know, also at the same time, I think you just gotta gotta call it how you see it, man. And you know, of course, everybody's seeing it from different eyes. So, yeah. But the big thing coming out of Sunday, the king has to pass Earl Campbell. Yes, sir. Talk about it for second all time in rushing yards in the Titans and Oilers history. Yeah, man. only one person stands in his way, and it's number 27. Yep. And it is so good to see Henry, you know, actually get out there and produce again. Um, like I, I was talking to Lee, you know, off air, and I was telling Lee, you know, 
I don't put week one, week two, or week three on, on Henry. I really don't because if you if you really go back, it's the play calling. Henry's the type of quarter uh, running back, sorry, that needs consistent play. And when he rips off a nine yard run and then you pull him out of the game, you know you're not giving him those consistent consistent reps. You know, and I told I told everybody, you go back and you watch what Shaking Titans, you see my three keys to success from week one all the way until last week. It was Henry, Henry, Henry. We got to utilize Henry because without Henry, you don't have a productive Tannehill, you know. And you go to this game against the Bengals. What did we see? Every single one of those play action play, the entire defensive line bit on Henry back to back to back. And boom, boom, boom. Tannehill was completing these play action plays like they were nothing, man. I mean, that that's the thing. It, it, you know, it's, it's crazy because Tannehill – Gets comp, you know, he gets complimented having Derrick Henry there. But Derrick Henry, does Derrick Henry really get complimented having Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback? I mean, and, and that's that's what drives me absolutely insane as far as like where this team is with the whole time you know, with, with Derrick Henry. I mean, he's one of the greatest running backs of our generation, if not the best running back of our generation. And he, this entire team has to rely on Derrick Henry to win the ball game. Yep. But can Derrick Henry ultimately take you to a Super Bowl? I feel like that ultimately needs to be the goal of every team in the NFL. I don't think I'm really too crazy for thinking that. You know, every team's goal is to win a championship. And that's where it's, it's like, I love Derrick Henry. I love him to death. One of my favorite Titans of all time. But I need Tannehill to be able to be the guy and have Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry compliment him. Not the other way around. Yeah. All right. If Derrick Henry is supposed to be the sole focus of this team, then how the hell is the most important player your quarterback supposed to do? Yeah. And, I mean, you go – and if you go back and you look through Tannehill's career, I don't think Tannehill's really ever been that guy, you know, that, that we need at quarterback, you know, who, who the running back compliments, you know, or who, the, you know, the, the quarterback basically is there and compliments the running back, you know, and not vice versa where, where – Henry, you know, is basically the the go-to for the Titans. And, you know, with this current roster that we have built up, you know, and, and unfortunately, and I'm not trying to put Tannehill down, but Tannehill has to have Henry in the game in order for us to be successful. You look at, at week one, two, and three, you know, the defenses aren't, you know, and yes, Tajay Spears is productive. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's going to be a great running back in the future. But right now, there ain't a single defense in the NFL who is afraid of Tajay Spears. They're not selling out to stop Tajay Spears. You see, when, when we put Spears in, they're not playing nine in the box. The second Henry walks onto that field, we have a whole different defensive look. They're selling out to stop Henry. And you're right, man. We have to have a quarterback who, who you know, if Henry ain't being productive, who can carry us? And, you know, unfortunately, I think we've seen, you know, especially, you know, against the Browns, we've seen that, you know, Tannehill struggles doing that, you know, and it sucks because you, you think, you know, you're 12 years into the league, you know, you should be able to carry a team at some point, you know, just solely on your arm. And, you know, I think if you go back to, to the first time we made it into the playoffs when we beat uh, the Patriots and then we turn around and we beat Baltimore, you know, go look at go look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers. They weren't spectacular at all. Like eleven for sixteen, hundred nine yards. Yeah, the first game was like he only had he and the first game. And I want to bring this up to everybody who wants to put down Malik Willis. Go back and you watch that Patriot game, and guess who didn't have above a hundred yards? He had eighty-seven yards. 
Ryan Tannehill. Next week, guess what? He had 117 yards. And it, it, we won that game on Baltimore with, you know, Henry turning Arrow Campbell into a lead blocker for him, you know. So <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, and then you see what happened. Uh, like you like you kind of referred to in the third one against the Chiefs, man, Henry, Henry wasn't having a good game. But Tannehill was not able to get it done with his arm at the end of the day. Like I don't think that, you know we're like I don't think we're all trying to dog Ryan Tannehill at all. Man. No, Ryan no. Tannehill has done incredible things for this. Franchise. Incredible, yes. I mean, at the at the at, by the end of his career, he might go down. You know, Steve McNair obviously took did take the team to the Super Bowl, won MVP. But Ryan Tannehill might be overall one of the best quarterbacks in Titans history. I'm not saying he is, but you yeah. know, stat he, well stat wise, he he definitely has. He, he yeah, looks great. He's definitely he just, top ten. Yeah, exactly. But in twenty the twenty twenty one Titans versus Bengals playoff game, that was peak Ryan Tannehill. That unfortunately, and- that was it. That was when that was when all of Titans Nation recognized, okay, that's it. He had the pieces. He had the offensive line. He had the running back. He had the court. He had the receivers. He had everything, and he couldn't get the job done. That That's was right. it, and that was the moment when the franchise. That was when the fan bases divided. That was the moment that everyone recognized this is not the guy. He's done great things. We gotta start Do looking me. forward to the future. Now Do we have the future riding on the bench, and now the and now that Ryan Tannehill's still doing good enough to keep his job, but that's ultimately hindering our future. So, yeah, and then you know one of the one of those quarterbacks. I, I like. I still feel, and yeah, you know, I'm gonna say this even after a win, but I still feel like if we don't see improvement out of Tannehill, we're gonna see a QB change at some point. Uh, you know, we kind of went back and rewatched this game, and it's crazy how many one read passes they had implemented in that game because they don't trust the decision making from Tannehill anymore. Which and did not happen from a twelve-year vet. Yeah, and, and you sh- and exactly, and that's my point. Like you know, I feel like they're treating Tannehill kind of like they were treating Malik Willis last year. Hey, let's give him this quick, easy reads. You know, even in the play-action passes, you know, you go back and you and you look at it. What was it? It was a one-read pass, man. You never seen Tannehill's head do this. So that's where that's where the Tim Kelly offense. I'm I'm actually a big fan of Tim Kelly. Oh yeah, Tim Kelly did it. He's just gonna take some time to get really get into gear, but he's big on two route receivers. Where typically one's gonna run a post and get another one coming underneath, and it's opened up a lot of the offense. It gets the receivers open, and that's what drove me crazy in that opening game against the Saints. And and I will never forget it. And I pointed it out was that deep shot to Chris Moore that turned into a pick, the where Chig was right underneath him. And he, he was, there was no one within 10 yards of the guy. And he just missed him. Yep. Chris Moore. And yep. I was like, well, all right. It's going to be a long year. Now, don't get me wrong. He bounced back, bounced down, bounced back. And at the end of the day, this is the NFL. Coach we need consistency. Talk about it. And, you know, this is something Ryan Harris kind of mentioned on the What's Shaking Titans podcast this past Saturday. He said, you know, it seems like the Titans are going through an identity crisis, you know, because like you said, we're going from this run heavy offense into more of a pass dominant offense under Tim Kelly. And like I mentioned to him is, you know, yeah, I I get him wanting to make that swap. However, we don't have all the pieces there, mainly quarterback there to make that swap. Tannehill is a run first, you know, he needs that running back. 
And, you know, I don't think he's a pass-first quarterback. We, You go back through his history from, from the time he was with Miami all the way to when we got him. He he really – the times Tannehill did excellent was when Derrick Henry was out there performing for us, you know. Um, Tannehill's a very accurate quarterback. Yeah, he's very accurate. And definitely, like, his best attribute – Tannehill's best attribute is that play-action pass. Oh, it's beautiful. Best it's one beautiful. Of the best in the league. Yeah. And, I mean, really, I mean, could you blame him? I mean, I think any quarterback, when you have Derrick Henry in the backfield and you play action and the whole defense decides to take <laughs> off after him, you know, of course you're going to hit that receiver and it's going to be a beautiful pass. You know, you got all day and, and tomorrow to pass that ball. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so let's let's kind of move on to the next one. This is what this episode's all about. Titans are winless against Cincinnati no more. Bye. Get out of here. The Titans finally pulled the monkey off their back. Finally. Jeez. But, but of course, later on, we'll hear from Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, and Kevin Byard later on here in the episode. But, man, what a game from the, this Titans team. Yeah, it was you an awesome a, game. You saw a complete team effort. I mean, I, I have not seen the Titans dominate a first half like that in a very, very – very long time. And I hold mean, a perennial pro bowler. And hold yeah. a perennial pro bowler to three points. Good stuff. I mean, like, and, and you know what? I don't even really count the first three points because every, every, in every NFL drive, the first drive's always scripted. So typically those are going to turn into points. So I don't even really count the three points in my eyes. It was everything so after that. Whenever they, the Titans scored 27 unanswered. Exactly. I mean, it's, it was. It was pure domination. The offensive line made a massive step forward. Don't get me wrong, still had a couple of issues, but ultimately they played a whole lot better. I mean, Derrick Henry finally got going for the first time really this year. 100-yard game finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we made this uh, – this well, somebody actually commented this in the post game show I did, uh, but they basically said, you know, Henry usually isn't a week one through four running back, so you know we start seeing Henry pick up from week four on, and you know I think once again we kind of seen that here. Um, you know, I did have somebody, and guys, this is the most craziest comment I've heard, and I felt bad because I like I'm typically one who just rolls with the comments. But I had to call this person out because they said Henry. Their comment was Henry is a distraction to this team. What? What? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, excuse me, like, <laughs> guilty, I bro. Feel like I'm Willis is more of a distraction than Derrick Henry. Right? I mean, at this point, yeah. And I mean, like. My my point is like, uh, how many times have the defense sold out to stop Tajay Spears? <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> like Henry is literally the best offensive player we have on the field right now, and you're telling me he's a distraction to this team? Come on, man, get out of it! I was like, what games are you watching? I felt so bad for doing it. So if you're if you ever tune into this show, uh, I, I do send my apologies. I don't like calling people out. It's just not in my nature. But that was just like the wildest <laughs> comment I've heard in my life. And it just straight out, man. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> oh, that was, yeah. So as we get ready to head into talking about Titans Bengals, I'm going to play four straight clips. Uh, the first two are Mike Vrabel. Ryan Tannehill's the third one. Kevin Byard's the fourth one. And yeah, let's just, I'm just gonna roll these. You know, if we can 
be aggressive and still make them earn it, right, and not have those mistakes down the field. I thought they mixed in coverages and man and zone and, you know, just being able to, to, to swarm, stare at our feet and let those quick games, you know, take a couple passes and get some more, but more talented offense and three points, that's a good job. I'm well, I think just looking at what we needed to do was get into the drive, get the first first down, how critical that was, allow things to flow, allow the play passes to work. Some of the stuff that we had schemed or game plan for them uh, really allows that to, to mature and gives it a chance. Um, and we were able to run the football. And we were able to run the football. We were not able to run the football um, against them you know, last year. Uh, and then we won one-on-one. -on -one. You know, there were times where we blocked them and you know, they pressured and, and Tajay, Stepped up, blocked the guy, lost his helmet. The guy must have got frustrated, hit the quarterback late. Um, you know, when we went out on routes, we won one on one. And, uh, you know, for the most part, we had to take care of the ball. Uh, and then we did some great things in the red zone. Inconsistency with Tannehill there. I know that we're growing. You know, I'm proud of our guys. They've responded, like I, I keep saying, but, um, you know, fought through the noise and are able to come out, play well up front. You know, our guys up front did a good job in the run game and in the pass game, you know, create some space for uh, the running backs and then give me some time to, to get the balls off. So, Ryan, I'm big, big lead. Those first three, Ryan Tannehill hit on the head. You, you started seeing more consistency in this offense. It just took a while to get it going. But, I mean, at least, the, and, you know, it took four weeks to get the offense really going. Talk about it. I mean, really, it was just – I mean, I feel like the crowd was a massive part behind it. I mean, the, the crowd was in it from the jump. And whenever the – I feel like whenever Nissan Stadium gets going like that, that offense feels a little bit different. That momentum's on their side. And as you can see by the stats, they, the Titans team loves to perform in front of a good crowd. Yeah, you know, 100%, man. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head there, bro. Like, it, the crowd was a huge part. They were, they were, they backed this team. They, they were juiced. They were ready. They were tired of losing to the Bengals, and you just felt that energy. And that Titans team felt that energy, especially when the refs were getting involved very early, and it, it got it just it turned this Titans. Woo! Yeah, bro. And like you're, you're on about, point. What about Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry passing is now seven for eight, three touchdowns. We got the young sheriff. Peyton Manning 2.0 here. I'm about to say I don't know who I don't know who Derrick Henry is. I know who Peyton Manning, our running back, is. <laughs> so you know, I'm just saying uh, uh, Henry for quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> he imagines just, just Henry at quarterback. <laughs> Ty J Spears just read option all day. And just keeping keeping Jeffrey Simmons in as a full permanent fullback from now on out. <laughs> yeah, and that, that would revolutionize the NFL. I like it. We're going back to 1940s football. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the wing tee. Yeah, so, you know, hey, man, just looking at these stats, man, you know, of course you can see that, you know, the offense really came out. They performed Henry 22 for 122 yards. Tannehill 18 of 25 for 240, averaging 9.6 yards per play. And, of course, you know, he had to just go and give them one. So one interception to one TD. Uh, you know, uh, for the most part, though, they, they did a good job. So you can't really – bang them over the head too much here but i think it was awesome to see henry you know have that game i mean he needed but, it i mean yeah he needed the game i mean this i mean this entire these first three weeks 
we hadn't seen that Derrick Henry at all. And like you mentioned, it's, he takes some time to really get going. And this was the first game he finally just – it all flowed. And it felt yeah. like the, that's going to continue. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, like I said, you go back to the first three games and, you know, I don't know how much we can really put that on Henry's shoulders because of just the type of play calls they were calling. Yeah. I mean, we've seen multiple times they'd pull, put Henry in and then turn around and pull him out for three three series, you know, and it was just, you can't do that with Henry. And this is the first game where we actually seen Henry in the field consistently like we used to. And, you know, I called it last week. I said, you know, if we want to if we want to start winning, if we want to even have a remotely close elite offense, we need to ride the back of Derrick Henry, you know. And it's nothing about Tannehill or anybody else, but this is how this offense with the personnel that we currently have right now is built. I know we really just want that that pass, you know, pass dominant offense, but we just don't have all the pieces for that just yet. So we have to stick to what we know works and what we do know works is El Tractor Stico, baby. But of course, all of these the the four clips they're all brought to you by Tron Davenport. Uh they're courtesy of Tron uh, Tron, uh TD basically. Huge but, shout out to DD there. Um some huge stats from Tannehill. Um, against the Blitz in week four versus the Bengals. He was seven for nine, complete, completing 77% against Blitz, against the Blitz in week four, uh, 148 yards passing. He was 20, uh, 21.1 yards per completion, one touchdown. And his passer rating was, uh, was first amongst, among, uh, quarterbacks one fifty five point eight in Week Four against the Blitz against Cincinnati. I mean, it's That's amazing huge. what happens when your O line can hold up a little bit. I mean, I, the entire game, I just I continuously saw the offensive line was holding up better, but they also brought in the tight ends. The entire game, it didn't matter what side the tight ends were on, they were chipping both the edges. You know, both Derrick Henry and Tyjay Spears both being able to help out Tannehill as well. I mean, it was a lot of two or three receivers that were just going at it, you know, as far as yeah. getting to their house. But, I mean, that a lot of it came down to, you know, seeing Josh Wiley, Trevin Wisco, um, Chick, you know, Chick just chipping those ends, you know, making it harder, building, just giving at least another second for Tannehill. That's all, that's all you need in the NFL, just a second more, and it's amazing what can happen. Yeah, and you know, a huge shout-out to the tight ends, you know, because uh, they, that was, I think, the biggest key – of that game and that success behind Tannehill is just, you know, those tight ends doing their job, man. Mm-hmm. And of course, congrats, congrats to the rook, Josh Wiley, on his first NFL touchdown. Beautiful yep. touchdown. Yep. Too. Good From pass Derek by Henry. good pass by Peyton Manning there to Josh Wiley. It was awesome to see Peyton Manning back on the field once again, you know, just, just bombing them passes into the red zone. But DeAndre Hopkins. We finally saw DeAndre come to life. Hell, he almost had that touchdown at the very beginning of the game, too. That would have been massive if Tannehill was a little yeah. bit more accurately. It was just yeah. off the tip of DeAndre Hopkins' fingers. But, hell, just looking at these stats right here, we got to give a big shout-out to our man, NWI, Nick westbrook Akeem. Yep, talk about that it. that Titans fans dogged all year, including myself, honestly. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. I dogged on, the, on NWI. I mean – the guy's, you know, a number four or number five on most teams. And he's coming in here and taking a massive step forward with this team and has 
really been a massive part of this offense so far. Which yeah. has been Moore, very shocking. Chris Moore also. Yeah, I guess yeah. the same. NWI and Chris Moore have has definitely come to light. You know, Chris Moore of the last two games and NWI really, I mean, he's been he's been a consistent piece this season from from week one on. And so, you know, hats off to them, you know, because we we need that consistency at the wide receiver position. That we do. I mean, well, hell, Chris Moore only has four catches on the year, and they've all been just massive catches. Bombers, yeah. And, uh, of course, as we were ahead of the defensive side, again, all these clips that we're showing from the two from Vrabel, the one from Ryan Tannehill, and then, of course, this next one from Kevin Byer, as we get right ahead of the defensive side, are all courtesy of Teron Davenport. Yeah, it, trust me, it feels really, really good. Uh, didn't give up any deep plays, any right. deep pass or nothing like that. So as a defense, that's putting it on tape and saying, like, hey, when we play like this, look at the results. So we have to continue to make sure that we're being on top of our stuff. Communication was great today. Uh, but like you said, it's, 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 a, it's a big hurdle. It's a big, you know, monkey off our back that we was able to play good against, obviously, a really great quarterback. So. And, and knowing how quickly he was going to get rid of the ball, was that sort of the game plan, stay over top, tackle, and make sure you limit yards after catch? Yeah, it was, you know, everybody's from to the ball, um, our first, first and foremost thing was knowing them ones. He got off a little bit in the, in, on that first drive. Don't get me wrong, yeah, it's yeah. on the first play. Uh, but I think afterwards, we really started to hone in on it's a lot of quick game, a lot of slants. And at the end of the day, you know, they'll catch tackle, nothing big. Uh, just keep letting them line up. We keep letting them line up and snap the ball, snap the ball. They're going to make a mistake. And obviously, our defense got some sacks. So it's good. How do you like getting the opportunity to blitz a little bit so you get the It was good. Yeah. Listen. I thought I was. I came clean. I thought I was gonna get there first. Aziz beat me to right. it. I tried to get my hands up, and obviously, uh, it was a good play, man. Like I said, hopefully, we, hopefully, tell Shane put some more blitz in. You know, uh, KB said something here that really caught my attention. Uh, yeah, we talked about um, Saturday with Ryan Harris, man, and that's this secondary could be very good, and if they could simply address one issue, their communication. Yeah. And you you heard it right there out of the mouth of Kevin Byard. You know they were they were communicating good. They were on the same page. And look, I mean, we had a really good game from them. And I kind of referred back to to you know the overtime win against the Chargers. You know, you go into overtime and you could see them communicating good. You see them being on the same page. And it was a three and out, and Titans was able to go put up three points and win the game. So, you know, it was really good to see this uh, secondary really just get out there and perform. You know, the defense as a whole, I mean, what a day. I mean, they, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, bringing the energy from the very first play on. I mean, it was just something really awesome to see, man. And shout out to Arden Key, to, you know, for getting another sack. And, the defense and Big Jeff. The, the defense, I mean, Joe Burrow was going to be a massive problem. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I knew that his calf injury was, you know, that was obviously a lingering issue. But I really feel like his calf injury affected him a lot this game. Yeah. I'm not going to be surprised if the Bengals do eventually shut down Joe Burrow for the year, depending on how they just continue to play. But Joe Burrow did not have a whole lot of mobility in the pocket. When you go back and rewatch the tape, there was one sack he had. and or I can't remember who got the sack. But basically, I mean, he had all kinds of room on the right side that a typical Joe Burrow is going to take off to. And he just mm -hmm. stood there the entire time. So I really feel like that calf injury had a major, you know, had a major play in, in that game. But at the end of the day, though, the defense made a massive step. They, I mean, they were just all over Joe Burrow. The blitz was incredible, which uh, blitzing against the Bengals, very, very dangerous because Joe Burrow has one of, if not the quickest releases in the NFL. But like KB said, 
you know, they were able to recognize it early. It's going to be a lot of the quick game in the D line. They understood that, okay, we can't get to Joe Burrow. Got to jump up and bat down the balls. I think there was like three or four that were batted down throughout the day. Yep. And the defense, yeah. the defense was so smart. They understood what they had to do. And look what happened. They only gave up three points. Got to keep that going. Got to yeah. keep it going. And, sh- and shout out to Travis Gibson. I was about to say that, bro. You stole it from me. Why? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but, yeah, shout, huge shout out to Travis Gibson, man. Because I, I, when we signed him, you remember I told you, Lee, I said, I said Travis Gibson low-key could be one of the best signings on defense by the Titans. Low-key. And sure enough, man, we're starting to see him. Yeah. Aziz, yeah, but I mean, bro, you put Gibson in there because Gibson has speed. He has that closing speed, man. And I like, woo, woo, He is the fantastic little gem that we got in free agency. Considering the fact that the Bengals signed their left tackle for like a sixty-four million dollar deal or something like that, and he got absolutely smoked all game. Yeah, well, by far, in my opinion, the best signing this offseason by the Tennessee Titans has to be Nick Folk. Huge shout-out to Nick Folk. Go drink you a cold Mountain Dew or a cold Pepsi, brother, because you sure deserve it, Brian. <laughs> Nick Nick Folk, are you feeling parched? I, I don't remember. I am feeling parched. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, or was it ever, but it's been a long time since I have had to worry about our kicker situation. I mean, it's, I mean, he's, what, six for six on the year, like eight for eight? He's... He's, he, I mean, he hasn't missed a kick all year. It's been yeah. ten, straight. Ten, straight. <laughs> it's been awesome. ten straight, bro. Ten straight. Like, and ten, that's unreal. Hands down, the best signing by the Titans this offseason, man. I mean, uh, which, I feel like we got to give a, bag, a big shout out to Rand Carthon too. I mean, he's that dude. Brought, he's just brought in incredible yeah. talent yeah. to this team. I mean, yeah. Nick Folk, Aziz Alshire, D Hop, Tom Murphy, Brunskill, Brunskill, yeah. Daniel Brunskill, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say Travis Gibson. Uh, Brunskill is a top six guard right now. For, for he was team. a beast in San Francisco. I don't know why people slept on the guy. And I love it. I love it. I mean, Rain Carthon so far has been he he has done an incredible job. You know what? Great players what, for a very here's a thing. good here's a good Pepsi product. Cheers to Rain Carthon. Get it, Rain. You deserve it. But <laughs> let's go ahead and go to. The Bungles side of this. <laughs> the Boston Bobcats here, boys. But yeah, Joe Burrow. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, this. Joe Burrow is no fluke. Yeah, Joe even Burrow, even with a, a messed up calf, you know, he he still got out there and and performed. Man, to be 20 of 30, 165 yards. You know, averaging 5.5 yards per play. The one thing I can say is the man didn't throw no interceptions. So. Although one was one was really close on the first drive. Yeah, bro. Like if our if our what was it? It was our safety, right? Who ran across the field? It was a money. Yeah, if he was just a second slower, bro. I was just a second slower. And when do we ever say that? Hey, you just need to be a second slower, bro. If he was just a second slower, that thing would have been picked, man. You know, we're in a de- we're in a decent situation when we have to tell our team to slow down a little bit, but- right? <laughs> Rushing the Titans' rush defense is legit. Okay, I think they're like tied for what third in the NFL right now against the rush. I think but so. Twenty like eighth against the pass. But if you if you look at this, they held Cincinnati to four yards a carry. It also didn't help that they went down really early, so they had to rely on Joe Burrow. 
know, yeah, like well, like I'll say this. Uh, if you go, can you bring that back up real quick? Cincinnati. Yeah. So Joe Nixon, man, and and this is this is my thing, and I, I kept saying this. If they would have kept kept Joe Nixon in as their vocal point on offense, this game would have been one hundred percent different. Because right. Nixon was eating us alive right there, I'm man. Yeah, like what, I'm 28 or like 32 yards in the first drive? Yeah, like. yeah. Cincinnati, Cincinnati was a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. The spread Not was 41-and-a-half. <laughs> so you can't count it when the Titans are underdogs. You're going to win money. Anytime the Titans are underdogs, <laughs> bet the money line. You want to pay your rent this month? Bet the Titans that they're underdogs. If they're favorites, though, just fade it. But, like, as I was saying, like, Cincinnati, yeah, their record doesn't show it. But Cincinnati's a good team. Yeah. Talk about it, man. Like, when they're still, Jamar they're still Chase. so much time in the year, they can flip it around. Jamar There's- Chase. Had almost 100 yards on our defense. The problem is that no one else got any close. Yeah, got no to, one. Got to pass that rock Other Boyd, uh, four for 26. T. Higgins, two for 19. Tanner Hudson, two for 18. Trenton Irwin, one for 17. Drew Sample, one for minus one. I'm going to say yeah, that. That the thing is secondary. Look, I mean, those averages is the problem. They're all short yardage. Exactly. Like, that, that was that was what ultimately held that Bengals team back was that they relied so heavily they, yeah, on they the really short yardage. They really didn't take shots. They didn't take yeah. shots. Well, I'll say this: time, if Big Jeff was all day. If you go back and you watch uh, Week Three's matchup with the Bengals, you know if they would have kind of came in with a similar game plan against the Titans. They, they, I feel like they would have definitely been more productive because they relied heavily on the run game, and the run game opened up the pass game for them. But this time, they kind of thought, okay, we're going to allow the pass game to open up the run game. And then, you know, honestly, they kind of just stopped with the run game and just relied on Burrow. So I, my big thing is, is you know, I, yeah, this was a this was a good win by the Titans, but had the had the coaching of the Bengals been on point like it was the week before, this would have been a lot a, a lot closer game than what we think, you know, because this is a really good Bengals team offensively and defensively. And, yeah, Burrow's hurt, but, I mean, go like I said, go back and, and watch last week, you know. They, they still managed to grab the win, you know, and it was just all on how they utilized their offense. And that's, that's kind of what I say about the Titans, you know. When, when we actually ride the back of Henry – we are in our best chance to win offensively, you know. But when we when we get keep Henry on the sideline for the majority of the game, you know what I mean. You're really sh- basically shooting yourself in the foot there. I mean that's 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 the beauty of the NFL. That that's what makes the NFL yes. as wonderful as it is because it is a chess game. Anybody can win any week, and when we just we, the Titans are a perfect example. Get yeah. you know they have the the rough game week one bounce back week two get absolutely destroyed week three. I mean it was very clear that Mike Vrabel was out coached by Kevin Stefanski. That is just how that game went. They were out coached and they were out man. And then here you know here comes the next week and Mike Vrabel out coaches Zach Taylor. The Titans out man the Bengals. I mean that's why the NFL 
is the most popular sport in America and is probably one that, well, I don't, I don't know, soccer's pretty high up there, but they're going to be, you know, eventually making their worldwide expansion. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's already in the works, you know. They they do have a plan to start a overseas league. Uh, I'm not sure how soon, but they're, they're planning on putting four, four teams overseas and there will be a, a new division, so they'll basically come over here to America and compete, and then, you know, there will also be home games where they're competing against themselves. So, you know, I'm really excited to see that because, you know, that, that not only broadens the game, but then you're bringing in new talent from all across the world, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about that, man. If you can play football, let's get you in here. Let's let's see what you got, you know. I cannot wait to see, a t- the you know, this Dolphins team just go to Germany and smoke them by 150. It's going to be beautiful. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let, let's talk special teams. You see right there. Nick Folk. Legend. Two for two. Hit his longest kick of the year from 53. And it would have probably made it from 60. But, man, Evan, Evan McPherson is no fluke either. Well, he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. I mean, I'll put him up there with – well, he's not Justin Tucker, but I feel like he's a top three kicker. He's very consistent. So I like Evan McPherson. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, hell, I'll, I'll never forget that kick in the playoffs where he – I mean, I was sitting right behind the field goal post where I saw it go through, and then all the Bengals fans ran out. It was a, it was a tough day to see Evan McPherson come out and just tap the vein because he knew that he was there was no ice in him. I mean, he he knew that he had the game. But as we get ready to head to the next segment, the good, the bad, the ugly, we have to give another shout out to our other sponsor, Homage. Let's do it. Of course, hey. Gary. Gary is wearing some Oilers yeah. hey. hoodie. Got the Oilers shirt on underneath here. But the good, the bad, the ugly, brought to you by Homage. Of course, we have to start off with the good. Both Gary and I, we went very similar. Um, Gary went Henry, 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 and the offensive play calling. Yep, man, Henry, Henry, Henry. I mean, what what more do you need to say? I mean, like I like I said, the part of the three keys to victory for me on my podcast was, you know, utilizing Henry. That was the first key. It's been the first key since week one. And what did we see? They utilized Henry like they needed to. And in doing so, you know, Tannehill had more of a productive day. This offense as a whole had more of a productive day. And then you go offensive play calling, man. Like, uh, hats off to, to you know, uh, tre- uh, Tim Kelly, man, because Tim Kelly realized that, hey, you know, yeah, we could we could keep it at, you know, a pass-dominant offense, but it's not getting us nowhere. Let's go back to what we know works for this team, and that's Henry, Henry, Henry. And, of course, you know, we, we came away with a win, and not just, the you know, any win, but a, a dominating win here on offense. And then, of course, I went, oh, Henry, <laughs> like the candy bar, oh, Henry. <laughs> and then the offensive game plan. The offensive game plan was was solid. Like, Talk about it. In my mind, Derek doesn't get that 100-yard game if the Titans pull him out late. Well, yeah. 
But for him to clip his first 100-yard game of the season. It was huge. Oh, yeah. It was everything he needed. I mean, that, that was what Derrick Henry needed to, to get the year going. Now, I don't expect him to stop. It's only going to keep growing. It's going to keep getting better and better. Can we say 200 yards next week? Um, is I don't know about 200 yards, but whenever we play the Texans, um, for those both those games, go ahead and give him his 253, go ahead and give him his 253 touchdowns. I mean, you know, we mentioned earlier about how he is second now in franchise. He's only 1,390 yards behind Eddie George right now. So I think that, like, mathematically, he would have, he would have to average like 107 or 108 yards a game. I think I could be wrong. From here I on, think that's what, I am wrong. I said from here on out. Yeah, yeah, from here on out, he'd have to average like 107, 108 yards a game to break the record, which for Derrick Henry, that's doable. That is very doable. But for every good, there's the bad. Uh, We both somewhat went the same place again. Uh, For me, I went lack of mobility from Ryan Tannehill and the decision-making. The decision-making is a huge question mark for me with Ryan Tannehill. As we've mentioned, we have Ryan Tannehill, the 12-year NFL vet. He should, he should be capable of making these decisions on his own, but the coaches don't believe that he can. That's why they're taking the decision-making out of his hand, out of his hands. Yeah, I mean, you know, with I mean, you know, even we, you know, we talked about earlier, at the end of the day, is Ryan Tannehill going to be the guy that is going to be able to carry this Titans team? I mean, the, the best teams in the NFL, their best player typically is not their running back. It's the quarterback. And that's what we need Ryan Tannehill to do. We need to know that, okay, if Derrick Henry cannot get going, if Ty J. Spears can't get anything going, can Ryan Tannehill, if needed, lead this team? Can Ryan Tannehill take over a ball game? We haven't seen it in a, really, in a while. And so, and now he's definitely, you know, he's 36 years old now. He's got the young bucks sitting behind him. You know, he's on a contract here. And something's going to have to get done after this. And so Ryan Tannehill's got to show that, yes, he is a 12-year veteran. Yes, Ryan Tannehill can take over a game. But he has to show it. He has to, he has to prove it now or it's just done. And that's the end of his time in Tennessee. And, of course, Gary, the yep. bad for you. Yeah, man. The bad for me was, of course, uh, you have to start with the dirty laundry on the field. Uh, I can't tell you how much I was yelling at my TV when oh. when we literally ended the first quarter and when we came back for the start of the second quarter and there was a flag on the field. I was so mad, man. And, like, we, we got to address this dirty laundry because all we're doing is shooting ourselves in the foot. And, of course, my other one was Tannehill's mobility. Um, you know, uh, to kind of touch bases on, on, you know, what Hicks was saying there is, uh, you know, Tannehill has to be able to be the guy to, to, without Henry, go in here and win you the games just slowly off of his arm talent. And, you know, if you sit back and you, and you look at not only this season, but last season, you know, and even in our playoffs games, you know, do, do you think Tannehill is that guy who can get you to the playoffs with just solely his arm talent? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me personally, my answer is no. Like, I don't think Tannehill comes close to that. Tannehill has to have, you know, a, a core group of people around him. And a part of Tannehill's, you know, greatest attribute is the play-action pass. And, you you know, you, you wouldn't have that play-action pass without having a dominant running game. So, you know... Do what, Lee? It's an in Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, and Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. You know, Henry is a is a big big key to to Tannehill's success. You know, um, so I, I like honestly, like I think you know his mobility. You go back and watch that game. Like his mobility in the pocket was just poor, poor, very poor. You know, we did see him kind of move around when he when he went to do a, a lead block for uh, Henry or Spears, one of the two. I don't remember who it was. But that was the most mobile we've seen him, you know, in that entire game. I mean, you go back and you look at the time when he ran out of the pocket, you know, he was running slow. He, like, I mean, he just does not have that that speed that we used to seeing from him. And, of course, you know, he's getting up there in age and then also coming off the the – the injury from last year, you know, I, I, just, I don't know, man. I just don't think that's Tannehill. I mean, you know. like, we don't need Ryan Tannehill running 50 yards down the field. I mean, like, that, that's not the need that we need for Ryan Tannehill. We need a guy who's just going to at least have some pocket presence. You know, a guy who's going to be able to move around if needed. I mean, Tom Brady was 43 years old and at least able to move around. That, that, that's all we need from the guy. I mean, hell, even yeah. Aaron Rodgers in his four plays before he blew his Achilles out. Was he still able to move around the pocket? Even these old guys can still do it. That's what we need Ryan Tannehill to do right now. Talk it's about it, bro. Least, I mean, just, you know, recognize that. If you got to tackle, bunch down, okay, maybe I should take a couple steps to the left. Maybe I should move up in the pocket. Yeah. I mean, you go back and watch, rewatch the tape. There were multiple times, and it was there was one that really stuck out to me against the Browns game where Andre Dillard, yeah, he got blown up in two seconds. But there was also, it was like, this is what the offensive line looked like. I mean, it was yep. wide open. If he just took a couple of steps forward, he would have been just fine. It could have hit, you know, could have hit someone. That, exactly. That's what we needed from Ryan Tannehill, and we're still questioning that after 12 years in the NFL. We're in week four right now, and you're telling me you can't just move a couple of, you know, a couple of feet in a pocket, really? Well, you know, and Andre I'd say Dillard. this: even in in 2019, I don't think questioning his uh, mobility in the pocket was a big question. And, and 2020, it, yeah, in 2020, it wasn't a big question. It became a question last, last year, year. You with know, dinner, with the turnstile left tackle. Yeah. Now, do you, do you think that his ankle injury that he suffered last year could be part think, of the problem this year? I think uh, it is. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's. I won't say afraid to mo- mo- be mobile with that ankle. But I wouldn't say afraid, man. I would just say this, you know. I'm I'm getting up there. I'm I'm 32. You know, about to be 32. And you know, as you get older, your body don't heal like it used to when you when you're yeah. young. You know, I'm 26 and, and I feel it already. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if you think about it, like the older you are, the longer that process is. But the thing is, is you know, he's playing contact sports. That injury is never going to be a. You're never going to reach 100% again. You know, it's that's just how it is, man. And and honestly, uh, you know, I feel like we're watching kind of like the slow deterioration of Tannehill, you know, the slow regression of Tannehill. And, and it really, yeah, it's natural, very natural. We've seen it with, with Peyton Manning. We've seen it with Tom Brady, you know, and I mean, it's. We've started, we've started seeing with Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Yeah. Father Tom, Father Tom's unbeaten, man. Yeah. Father Tom's unbeaten. You know, at the end of the day, the sun will always set. It's just unfortunately it looks like that's creeping on the horizon in Tennessee. Yeah, unfortunately. With, with the bad, it gets even worse with the ugly. Gary, you and I went went the same place with just one of them. The officiating. God. The officiating was horrendous. I tell you what, man, these refs are gonna cost me a phone and a TV by the end of the year, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. 
Like, and that, the, the ghost call against Roger McCreary to start the game, that, that set the tone. Uh, and the crowd immediately started yelling, Ref, you suck! I mean, yeah. it got loud I, really quick. Because it, it was a total ghost call. My, my, you know, my co-host, uh, uh, Blueface, was there um, at the home game. And, you know, we're sitting there voice chatting each other back and forth. And I was like, man, y'all need to start throwing stuff at these refs. Get them, get them in check real quick. Oh, yeah. I say, I say, I say, eventually, Titans fans might get drunk enough. I mean, they're doing, they doing at UT. Maybe we got to start throwing some beers on the Well, we're tired. Yeah, we are not promoting that in any way. Y'all did not hear that here. <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. You heard it from them. <laughs> <laughs> at the Tennessee Ole Miss game last year, they were throwing golf balls, bottles of mustard. They were throwing everything out. That's how we get down in Vols country, all right? Well, yeah, and guys, I'll tell you what. When y'all, when when we're done with this, go look up a, a video on YouTube called the the game the NFL wants you to forget. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that yep. is, it, it was back in the early oh. years. Browns Jacksonville. Browns Jacksonville. Two thousand one. Yep. Oh my gosh. Where, so, where, I'm honestly shocked that hasn't happened again. Right, and and I feel like we're we're heading in that direction right now, and it's it's crazy. We're trans- you know what? I'm feeling parched again. Time to get, you know, a good Pepsi product in my system. Do the do, baby. Do the do. But <sighs> Much better. We're, we're fixing to head to our next segment. The top five games from this past weekend. And, Colton, what, what, what were your top five? Well, I don't know about top weekend. five, but one I want to really talk about is how the Dolphins hung 70 points last week, only to lose by, I think, 28 to the to the Bills this week. Like, it, it, it really does blow my mind that you're able to hang 70 points in a single ball game and then you turn around and you get and you lose by 30 or 20, whatever it is. I mean, like, yeah. I knew the Titans were hot and cold, but geez, come on now. Yeah, well, you know, and, and the big thing you got to realize in that with the Dolphins is, you know, their quarterback is uh, one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league. And I know it don't seem like that when you say, well, yeah. dang, they put up 70 points. He has less time to throw than anybody else in the National Football League right now. And, you know, uh, the Bills, you know, the Bills are a good team. You know, yeah, they started out slow, but they always finish strong. So if you're underestimating the Bills, you know, I think that could be be a big reason. Well, there there are two teams in the NFL that, and I've me personally as a Titans fan, I've been wanting the Titans to be doing this for years, and it's crazy that there's only two teams now that are really emphasizing it: speed, 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 fast. Everybody on the Dolphins is a freaking cheater. Mm. They. Every Talk about them, it. Every single one of them was like a sub four, four threes, four twos. I mean, they're absolutely insane. Them and the Eagles, they understand that speed wins you ball games. Speed is what just scares everybody, and they're exploiting that. That's what I want the Titans to eventually get to. Yeah, but most definitely. as long as they keep that up, they're going to continue to be dominant. I'm still mad at Rain Carthon for not drafting Devon A. Chain. Yeah. The, the I mean, dude who went for 18 carries, 203, and had four catches for 30 on top of that for four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Tajay Spears is a pretty damn good bat, too. He just has Derrick Henry in front of him. That is, yeah. I mean, Tajay Spears averaging, what, like six yards a carry right now? 
Titans yeah, well, and ball. you know, I kind of said this. Uh, I said this. You know, how much of that is you know Tajay Spears actually being productive versus how much is it that these defenses are just not respecting Tajay Spears? You know, yeah. they they're willing to give up 10, 15 yards, you know, per play with Spears, but you put you put Henry in instantly i mean it's a it's a whole different story man they're like we are we will sell out to stop this man because at any time this man will take it to the house and we've seen that bro but we, that's we, the beauty of tajay spears that's what i love what he's done to this hall yeah he, he's definitely know, productive like you don't know if he's gonna be if, the, if he's gonna be a pass you don't know if he's gonna run the ball but no matter what when tajay spears on the field the defense does have to at least now going into week five they're gonna have to respect that okay Tajay Spears, when he's in, you know, last year it was all about if Dontre, if you know Derrick Henry was in, Tigers were running the ball. Dontre Hilliard was in, or whatever other running back we had in at the time, was more than likely going to be a pass. Now with Tajay, could go either way, and that's just going to continue yeah. defenses on their toes and questioning things. And that's, you know, that's what I love what Tajay Spears is able to do for this team. And eventually, I mean, Derrick Henry, you know, I hope that Derrick Henry stays a Titan for life, but I got a feeling that some that someday. Tajay Spears is going to be probably the primary back in the, in, you know. Oh, of course, of course. You know, Tajay Spears would definitely be be the primary back, and he's definitely earned that that right. You know, yeah. uh, but just right now, is. yeah, and right now where he's at, man, they're just not respecting him the way. And I mean, eventually they'll have to, like you said. You know, when when Henry's long and gone, and his career with the Titans are done and over with. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then to go with my top five, man, my top five games of this week, I got Eagles at number one, Chiefs number two, USC at number three, Titans number four, Texans, man. Texans, 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 man. What about that? Like, Texans, I hate to mention them, but, bro, C.J. Stroud is coming on. And, uh, you know, we kind of sped through it, but I, I do want to go back to my ugly for a quick second. Uh I also had in here decision-making by Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, once again, I, I put this under ugly because if I have to see Tannehill force the ball into another triple coverage again this season, I will probably come on this show completely bald. I, I'm not joking. I am sick of seeing that. Like, come on, man. You're you're in the most simplistic offense right now. A one-read pass. Stop forcing the ball in the triple coverage. Just take the check down. I, I, he's like, oh, what's the check down? Man, study. I know I know you're a 12-year vet, but, I mean, learn what a check down is. Take the check down. Because, I mean, he, he literally put his receivers in harm's way when he's throwing it in the triple coverage like that. See, I'm starting to say that Ryan Tannehill, like every morning that Ryan Tannehill wakes up, he says, got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> but let's see, what, let's see what we get. I trust in D-Hop. <laughs> my top five, I went Titans-Bengals. Talk about Ole it. Miss hanging 55 on LSU. But guilty. That was a wild game. Uh, Texans destroying the Steelers. Detroit beating Green Bay. But the, what about A&M? That was a good one, seven, man. Getting seven sacks, seven, on Arkansas. Lay back up. A&M, in my mind, is the team to beat in the West. Definitely, man. They've got 14 sacks in the last two weeks. Man, it's really crazy how much of a fall Alabama's taking then. If they're saying A&M's going to be over the West. 
Well, you know, we, we're literally probably watching the end of the Nick Saban era, era in Alabama, you know? Like, it's, it, it's, a, it's incredible what NIL has done because Nick Saban's entire recruiting pitch was designed around, look, you can get any, any other team in the country, sure, but you come to Alabama, we come to win national championships. Now he's got to go against NIL money, and it's like, oh, well, uh, we win national championships, but you can go to USC and go get, you know, two, three million dollars. So I'll let you yeah. pick. It's yeah. like, well, we're in 2023 and everyone's broke. Yeah, I'm going to go chase my money. <laughs> but the way I look at it, Bama has a lot of question marks. I'm going to yeah, say this. I'm, def- I'm just going to say this. Give me A&M next week at Kyle Field over Alabama. That's honestly that's, – that's that's That not wouldn't bad. shock me, man. No, it, it, and it, and that's crazy. It wouldn't shock me either. And then go to the uh, week after, A and M at Rocky Top. Oh no, it's Vols country. It's all. It's always going to be Vols country. And, and they ain't winning the name. Uh, I gotta. I gotta drink me a good old Pepsi product on that one, man. Gotta do the do. I'm kind of scared. What's about to happen? Right. Oh uh, man! I thought he was going. I, I thought he was going to have like you know some kind of like stuffed animal. Okay, it's just a hat. We cool. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> oh yo, uh, no, I did it. <laughs> but, so let's go ahead and look at our records from last week's pick'em. Gary finally clipped double-digit wins. Finally, finally, finally. Gary hit double-digit wins. I'm about to start betting on Lee's uh, money lines. So, you know, uh, I want to give a huge shout-out, you know, to to Maddox as well, man, because Maddox went 12-3 and three on me. 13-3. Yeah, 13-3. and three. I was just like, gum, man. Like, Hell yeah. And of course, yeah. And, of course, Colton, you, you saw mine. 12-4. and four. Stud. Stud. I took... I took um, Gary took Atlanta over Jacksonville. I took Jacksonville. I, I did too. I did too. Yeah, I, I, did I took. I, um, I did it too. I took Bengals over Titans as well. All right, now what the hell, man? Man, look, you know you can't blame me after that Browns performance. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you like that graph right there, don't you? Hell yeah, it is FTC week. It is Colts hate week. Time to take them little ponies out to the barn. So let's let's just run and take a quick look through the Colts statistics. Anthony Richardson Sucks. is mediocre. Is mediocre. <laughs> um, Michael Pittman. I'm. I feel like there's like a small decline this year. He's blind. Um, but then. Defense, it gets even smaller. <laughs> very young. The, this Colts team is a very, very young team. In the, I think their average age is like 26 or something like that. It is a very young team. And then, but don't they have a, they have a nice wide receiver who with a Buffalo Bill last year and Isaiah McKenzie. He has slippery hands. It's, but it's, he's not a guy. Unless Christian Fulton's covering him, I ain't worried. Right. 
But how weird is it to see that every team in the AFC South is sitting at 500? Yeah, man, that's crazy that we're all 2-2 two and two in the AFC South right now. And, of course, you know, Titans at the bottom because we ain't had a divisional game. That's about to change. So, uh, hopefully, Titans go up 3-2 and two here. I mean, the, the defense is obviously doing their job, but the offense, they've got to step it up. I mean, look at that. Yeah. I mean, if the Colts were able, you know, so far had 97 points total offense, even the Texans are right there too. This Titans offense has got to continue to build off what yeah. they did on Sunday. It's got to keep hanging points. Yeah. I, I want to see a 30-point game. We haven't seen that since 2021 against the Dolphins. Talk Alex. about it. Talk we about it. 30-point game, and it needs to happen against this Colts team who's playing a very young so, secondary, including a couple of rookies. So I'll say this, man. Like, low-key, this could be a game that, that Titans fans should worry about because we've seen this year that what is Ryan Tannehill's Achilles Hill for 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 playing? It's 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 not just away games. Titans are 0-2. It's, it's not just away games. It's playing any sort of remotely close good defense. Saints has a good defense. Uh you look at the Browns game. The Browns have a good defense, man. And so that's that's that could be that Achilles for Tannehill this year is whenever we face something like that. The Colts defense is not nearly as good as that Browns defense. No, I know the Browns, you know, they had their day yesterday or Sunday. I feel like the Colts defense though is like right in between the Browns and the Bengals. I feel yeah, like they're which, better than the Bengals. What's about midway point, I feel yeah. like, which is uh, just fair for the Colts. Yeah. But which, I'm going to make this point. The Colts are 0-2 at home. About to be 0-3. We tighten up. Talk about it. That's what we do. We tighten up. We bleed two-tone blue around here. My, my entire life, growing up, all I saw was Peyton Manning just smoking the Titans week in and week out. They had one one bad year. Go get Andrew Luck, who proceeded to own the Titans for the next seven oh, years. Gosh. And then now the Colts are finally in quarterback purgatory. And even with Anthony Richardson, he's still a rookie. The only thing that does kind of scare me, though, is that I saw some numbers today that have come out about how Mike Vrabel is against rookie quarterbacks. It's not as good as what we thought it was. Yep, yep. Right. Titans, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel does struggle against those rookie quarterbacks. Hopefully, let's though. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and head into the week five pick em, starting off with Thursday night. Bears at the Commanders. I got Commanders all the way there. So do, so do you, Lee. Commanders all day. All day. Um, and then Sunday morning in London at um, Tottenham Hotspur. Jags uh, at the Bills. So I just I just I just want to apologize to all the fans out there looking at this. You know, when Lee made his pick here, he obviously didn't have a good Mountain Dew or Pepsi product to drink at the time. So he he went with the poor choice there. I'm going Bills all the way. You know, the reason I'm going Jags and Colton, you you maybe you may think I could see this. Jags have now been in this was their second game in London this year. That jet lag is tough. That jet lag is really tough. And the Bills are having to fly to London. So, Jacksonville, their internal clock is already set there in London. (laughs) Not only that, the Jags have a massive fan base in London because they've been playing there the last six years now. They've got a great fan base that's sitting behind them. 
And the, the I didn't I honestly did not know that the Jags were going to be in London for two weeks in a row. That's insane. So yeah, I'm unfortunately going to be taking the the Jags. I hate it. I hope Trevor uh, just gets absolutely demolished. But uh, odds are probably going to be the Jags. Uh, Texans at the Falcons. Texans, man. Give give, like me the, give me the Falcons at home. I like the Falcons at home. Did they're gonna bounce back? They had a rough. They had a rough time in London. Give me the Falcons and at home. The thing I'm thinking, the reason both were scoring Texans. Teams usually have a bye week after a game overseas. Yeah, they're gonna come back As just. Uh, yeah, they're gonna come back. They're they're not with not a lot of rest. You know, um, they're they're gonna be a little wore out here in this game. I think the Texans team is coming in with too much head of you know with too much steam coming off this win against the Steelers, who you know everybody thought you know was just this. Uh, high-end team and you know they they was able to go out and do get a really convincing win against them um i have to go with with cj stroud and the texans on this one you know hats off to cj stroud he's been performing out there yeah go arthur smith i tr- i believe in you man i believe in you him and his stash him and his little uh, 1980s stash him and that, that beautiful grayness um, <laughs> you, you just feel the, the next game all over them. The next game, Carolina at Detroit. Give me Detroit. Yeah, yeah. You. I'll take Simba here. I think Simba is a really good okay. win over the Panthers. Uh, Titans at the Colts. Gary, both you and I are going Colts. Yeah. Uh, Titans, uh, no. I'm to say, bro. I'm going with the I'm going with the Tesla Fireballs in this game. I think the Tesla Fireball is going to definitely come out and give us a convincing win against the uh, the Cowboys. Here, it's going to be a really awesome game to watch. Tighten up, tighten up. Giants at the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah, I I agree. There's no way the really big Smurfs are going to squeeze out a win here against the Atlanta Florida Dolphins here. <laughs> Uh, Saints at the Patriots. Matt Jones has nothing right now. Give me uh, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, and the Saints. Yep. Once again, I'm right there with you, Lee. I think Saints are, are going to take this win over George Washington and the Patriots here. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a convincing win by the Saints. I like the Saints, but I I don't know. Something's just telling me about them Patriots at home. They've had it been off to a rough start. Bill Belichick's going to really get on that team at home. I still am going to take the Saints, but I'm not going to be surprised if this is Patriots upset. Oh, right. An AFC North matchup, Ravens at the Steelers. Give us the Ratbirds. Yep. My, one of my best friends is a Steelers fan, and I hate the Steelers with a passion. I hate the Talk about it. even more. I hate the Ratbirds even more. I do. But playing at Akashure Stadium in Pittsburgh is very, very, very hard to do. Divisional games are very hard to beat in the NFC or in the AFC North. I'm going to take the Steelers over the Ravens on that one. Yeah, you know, like Lee said, uh, you know, there's no way. I, I don't see the 69ers, 49ers stars oh, coming out with out. the win Time here. Out. Time out. I forgot Kenny Pickett got hurt and he ain't gonna be coming back. Give me the Ravens. I thought totally yep. Kenny Pickett's out for the next four weeks. Take back. If Kenny Pickett oh. was in, probably a win. 
No, Kenny Pickett. Give me the give me the rat birds. Eagles <laughs> at the Rams. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, you know, know, I'm taking AJ Brown. You know, AJ Brown definitely. Uh, you know, especially after his performance last week, guys. I mean, let's talk about it. Nine nine receptions for 175 yards and two a pair of touchdowns. Like, he's a dog. He's a dog, I, I man. I hate John Robinson. Can can we please somehow like? I don't care if we gotta rob him. Like, let's just like go get him back. Like, can, can we get our, our take backs allowed? <laughs> can, can we do an Indian give? <laughs> shout out, no shout outs. <laughs> But shout honestly, out, no though, this is my only issue with the Eagles. They have had a lot of close games, a lot of, lot of very close games. But the and Rams going are going all the way to California and Los Angeles. And Cooper Cup is coming back off of IR. Puka Nakua just continues to tear it up. Give me the Rams at home. Okay. Cincinnati at Arizona. I said give me Cincy. <sighs> Yeah, you know, here me and Lee kind of disagree here. I couldn't go with the Boston Bobcats. Instead, I went with the uh, Red Dubs here. I think the Red Dubs are going to come away with a convincing win. And I think I'm going to have to go with Gary on this one. I think that I think that Arizona, Josh Dobbs has been very surprising so far this year. <laughs> and he's able to lead a not bad Cardinals team. And if Joe Burrow loses one more game, the Bengals go 1-4 one and, one and at that point. Then they're going to have to really start looking at potentially shutting them down for the year. After, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one. Uh, let's go to the Jets at the Broncos. Give me the Jets. Yeah. Flying high there in mile high. Talk about it, man. You know, I'll have to go with the Achilles team here. I think I think they're doing really good. So give me the Achilles. See, I'm. I ain't going to lie, guys. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going with the Broncos. Russell Wilson put up three touchdowns last week. Played a really good comeback. They're going to be playing at home. It's not easy to play a mile high as well, you know, with the elevation differences. And Zach Wilson, I just – I'm do. i not a Zach Wilson believer at all whatsoever. Give me the Broncos. Uh, Sunday night football in the Bay. You Cowboys at the Niners. Oh, wait, Chiefs at the Vikings, yes. Yep. I'm with you guys. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going Swift and Kelsey here over the Vikings. I think Swift and Kelsey is going to definitely deliver a good game for us. So give me the Swift and Kelsey team. The NFL is not going to allow the Chiefs to lose to another game if Taylor Swift is in attendance. Odds are Taylor Swift is going to be there. It's going to be an indoor stadium. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, then Sunday night football in the Bay. Cowboys at the Niners. Give me the Niners. That's going to be a good ball, man. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the seems fake team here. You know, uh, 49ers all day long. Uh, I, I think seems fakes are, are you know bef- definitely the the best team in the NFL right now. They're the team to beat. So definitely going with them over over you know the uh, Patrick Star here. So I, I think it's going to be awesome an awesome game. But seems fake's going to take the win for sure. And I'm going to ride with you guys as well, 49ers. The Packers at the Raiders on Monday night. Yeah, so, you know, here we got Greenland Google versus the Pirates of Hawaii. I think Greenland Google's going to take the convincing win over the Pirates from Hawaii here for sure, you know. So, give me give me the Packers all day. I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. Jimmy Garoppolo should be coming back from his concussion protocol. 
And I like I like Jimmy G. I don't think he's I don't think he's too terrible. I think he's a 500 kind of guy. And the Packers are just not a good team. You know, I, I mentioned it before the season's even started. As far as is Jordan Love going to is Jordan Love going to be a successful quarterback? And it was all going to really come down to how good of a coach Matt Lafleur was going to be for him. I, I know a lot. I know you guys definitely remember when Matt Lafleur was the OC for the yep. Titans. Yep. They were in the 28th best uh, 28th best offense in the NFL. And so whenever he goes to Green Bay, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to make him look really good. We now, had Dick LeBeau of, then too, right? Uh, or was that the year was, before? Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, though, let's say uh, ultimately though, I okay. just, I, I don't that think that Jordan was, Love was, was on the Lord. Good old malarkey. Oh yeah. No, well we had we had Dick LeBeau for a year with Rabel as well. Uh yeah, but that was like 2016. So yeah, actually yeah, that would have been Matt LaFleur's rookie year. Yeah, because if you remember, that was uh I think that and, was the first oh, time we made it to the playoffs. Yes, because our our defense was lights out under Dick LeBeau, and we had just just a stellar defense with him. Yeah, because that was the Mariota catch himself. Um, yep, against Kansas playoffs. City. Yep. Yep. I said, yep. yeah. So, yeah, ultimately, I, Matt LaFleur was not a good offensive coordinator. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has made him look a lot better than what he is. Now Talk really about it. See, now we're really starting to see it with Jordan Love, and I, just, I do not believe in Actually, Jordan Love. I, I don't think he's going to be. The 2018 season. What about him? So, I'm going to say this. The 2017-2018 season, that was uh, Malarkey. That was when that catch happened was the 2018 playoffs, 2017-2018 playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally right after that, uh, literally right after we played New England, Malarkey was fired, which means Dick LeBeau true. went also. No, we kept, we kept LeBeau. Because if you remember, the, the reason we let go of LeBeau was because of his health. Dean Pease came in with Vrabel. No, you know what? You're right. It was Dean Dean Pease who I was thinking of. But yeah, here, I've got Lee Corso yeah. here. Yeah. My bad. I've got Lee Corso here. Not so fast, my friend. Ooh. Jordan Love, Ooh. 901 Ooh. passing yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Packers are favored by two in Las Vegas. Packers are two and two. With the Raiders being one and three, Raiders are zero and one at home. Packers are one and one on the road. Give me the Packers. I respect it. I respect it. I respect the opinion. Ultimately, I value the quarterbacks on can are they going to be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? And I just am not a Jordan. I'm a Jordan Love hater. I uh, admit it. Go right. So you know, before we end this, man, I, I do want to kind of. If, if Lee don't mind, I would like to kind of chime in on this as well because I, I took the same stance as you, uh, you know, coming into the year. And I was out. Was I not out on, on Jordan Love? Every time me and Lee talked about it, I was like, man, I just don't trust Love. I don't think he's the guy. But yeah. slowly but surely, we're starting to see Love progress each and every game. You know, yes. we, we think, okay, yeah, he's not a rookie, but this is his first season of actually legitimately starting as a starting quarterback. It's going to take time for this stuff to process. You look at C.J. Stroud, you know, he didn't come out blaring, you know, looking good at all, you know, his first few games. He's starting to progress over time. So when it comes to Jordan Love, I think we're kind of somewhat seeing that, that same thing. 
I think the verdict's really still out on if C.J. Love can be one of those quarterbacks. Now, I agree he's not on the same line as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but do I think that, you know, if he has the right pieces, can he be a Ryan Tannehill to get this team to a playoffs? For sure. But see, that that's the problem, though, in my opinion, is can he get you to the playoffs? I don't want a quarterback that can get you to the playoffs. I want a quarterback that's going to lead your team to a Super Bowl. That's what I want. That's where my bar's at. And saying, I don't want to be over here where, okay, we can get to the playoffs. And that's where, like, as just, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, Jordan Love, yeah. he's, this is the first time I've really truly seen him. I mean, we've seen him, you know, a couple of games, you know, over the last few years. But ultimately, first legitimate shot, I just go back to what Matt LaFleur was like when he was the Titans OC and what we, you know, what we've seen from Jordan Love. And I just, to me, I'm just, I'm not big on it. Yeah, and, and, you know, to kind of top what you're saying there, I mean, you really got to look at the league and say, well, how many quarterbacks are there really out there that can actually carry a team to a Super Bowl? Because there's very few. You have Tom Brady. You have Patrick uh, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning. You know, very, very few quarterbacks can carry a team, a poor team, on the back of their shoulders to a Super Bowl. You know, 90, 90% of your quarterbacks have to have these pieces surrounding them. So, like, of the active quarterbacks right now, I feel like there's quite a few that you can name off that are Super Bowl-caliber quarterbacks. I mean, you got Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, um, Aaron Rodgers. Who else? Lamar. Lamar. Justin yeah, Harper. but wait a second, though. You you look at Lamar right now, and with all their pieces going down, what is Lamar? He's struggling, you know? You, and then the same thing, you look at, you look at Jalen, Jalen Hurts, man, you know? Jalen Hurts ain't do you know ain't doing much of anything right now. I mean, these quarterbacks, if they if they were the, that type of quarterback, they'd be able to go into a, a franchise like you know Tom Brady did with the Bucks and just boom, instantly get well, them to the Super Bowl. Brady's, Brady's the outlier. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play in the game. But Jim I Hurts mean, was just in a Super Bowl earlier this year. Yeah, but. but I'm I'm just saying though. I mean. Yeah, he was in in the Super Bowl, but what is he actually doing right now? I mean, he has pieces falling off around him. Is he able to be that person to carry this team on his shoulders? What is he doing? I'm sure you know? that. I mean, he's if Jalen Hurts makes the Eagles a better team, that that's the big thing. Like, and that's that's the type of quarterback that I well, want. Is yeah, like, but if you take if you take AJ Brown off that team, can Jay, can can that team still get to a Super Bowl? Can you tell me with 100% confidence if A.J. Brown was not on that team, Jalen Hurts can lead this team to a Super Bowl? I mean, no, because we've seen it before. I don't know if he can get him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, they're, like, just a quarterback alone, you know, without all these big-name players like A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry or, you know, um, you name it. Uh, what was what was uh, Rob Gronkowski, you know? I mean, without these big name players, can this player, can this quarterback get you there? Well, that's what, you know, it's like saying, you know, like, you know, if can Josh Allen lead the uh, Bills to the Super Bowl if he doesn't have Stephon Diggs? You know, like, at the end of the day, they're always going to have your number one receiver. You know, all these teams have those types of receivers, unless you're Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's, he's rocking with a bunch of number twos. <sighs> And, you know, and oh man, Patrick I mean, Mahomes is like the exception of the exceptions of the exceptions. It, Brady and Mahomes different. <laughs> they, yeah. they are built different to everybody else, and there's still a good amount of, in my eyes, Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. 
where they can definitely, you know, dominate a regular season, get you to the playoffs, and if a couple different things go their way, you're going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I'm hoping the Titans. So, so with that being said, look at if you look at Ryan Tannehill. If a couple different things went different for him in that Cincinnati game, we would have been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he threw three interceptions right to the defense. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that, Tannehill. I mean, but that's what I'm saying, though. You know, if it was like a, you know, the offensive lineman just absolutely blew, you know, blew blew the protection, got strip sacked, that's a little bit different. But when Ryan Tannehill's throwing just absolute gifts to the defense, that's the difference. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I'm just saying, like, if you're if you're sitting there saying like exceptions, you know, like if if a few things would have been different, this person could have been a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, you know. Well, then you really got to put in a lot more of those quarterbacks, like a Jordan Love or you know a Ryan Tannehill, because literally you look at Tannehill and like I said, those three interceptions didn't happen. You know, who's to say Titans could have won that game? But they did. <laughs> but it. but they didn't, yeah. yeah. True point. I mean, I'm just saying that you know. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, you you do have a valid point, man. Like I, I do. Like I, I see where you're coming from, 100. Yeah. percent That that's right. just what makes the NFL so great. Let's, yeah, it, you're right. Let's head to the final thing, which is I know I've been taking y'all on tangents. My bad. <laughs> no, bro. Like I'm, I'm the world's worst. <laughs> <laughs> and it, hey, we tighten up. That's what we do. Yeah, man. Like I love talking football, man. That's what I'm here for. But as as we get ready to get out of here, there's one new thing that we're adding, and it's the feel good story of the week. And we're let's let's let uh, Colton go first on this. Well, feel good story of the week. Ultimately, I don't know if this this counts as a feel good story, but I feel good about what the Titans fan base of where it's eventually going to be. And actually, not even the Titans fan base, the NFL. Well, Derry, I don't know if some of y'all watched during the uh, the London game. The the ESPN had the Toy Story game. And I thought that's <laughs> absolutely I love it. I love that they're doing this Toy Story game. And you know, they've been doing it for a few years now on Nickelodeon where they've been the NFL's targeting the youth, you know, they're because they are thinking 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead. And, you know, I, I'm not a father. I'm you know, you I I know one of one of y'all's definitely a father. Yeah, I got so, three. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I got a six year old and two two eight month old twins. Man, that's that's a lot. And one day you're going to be watching football with them. And the NFL specifically making, you know, this entire – just they're, they're growing the next generation by putting these games on on Nickelodeon, you know, doing the Toy yep. Story games. I've been seeing all kinds of videos and TikToks of, you know, these fathers and just seeing their kids go absolutely crazy for these Toy Story games and for the, and for the Nickelodeon games. And I think it's a beautiful thing knowing that they are doing this to allow the future generations. I mean, especially for, like, Titans fans, you know, the Titans franchise has only been around for 25 years. They're just now really getting into that second generation of fans now. Now, with this becoming a thing, the Titans fan base is only going to continue to grow. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get better. It's going to get more passionate. And I absolutely love that the NFL is doing that. 
think it's fantastic. Man, you're you're absolutely right, man. And you know, to to be able to sit down and especially with my twins and you know who are already advocate, you know, like high end Titan fans. Like if they if I have on any other NFL game. Like they're screaming at me, and then once I turn it off, they're good. But if the Titans game are on, man, they they are zoned into the TV. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking know. about. They, they already, already know. know. They got that two tone blood running through them. <laughs> so yeah, you know, man, it's it's awesome. And as a father, man, you like anything that you get to do with your kids is awesome. I mean, it, it's it's it puts like just this pride and joy in your heart, man. Like. You know, I teach a bunch of kids at church, so, you know, want to shout out Compassion Church here in Dixon, Tennessee as well, man. Uh, you know, it's it's just an awesome thing to be able to to spend time, not only with your own kids, but to, to be able to, you know, put time into other kids' lives, you know, and, and kind of see them progress, man. So, it's, it's really awesome. Sorry about Sorry, that, guys. I had a phone call from Bryce. No, you're... So what about me? All right, so my feel good story. Oh man, yeah, there's a lot of different things I, I can kind of go with, but I'd say my my personal feel good story of the week is uh, I'll have to go with uh, kind of along the lines of of you know Hex here. You know, I, I'd say it's a it's the fan base, man. Like you look at this level of energy and passion that the Titans fans have been bringing. You know, I mean, honestly. Normally, when when the Titans have such a poor performance, and then we have a home game the very next week, I mean, you see more of the opposing teams fans there, but you really ain't seen that at all this year. Titans fans have been coming out; they have been loud. I mean, let's talk about the loudness of Nissan Stadium playing an effect in every game that we've had. You know, in the two games that we've had at, at home, it changes the game. It changes the game. So, you know, to all the Titans fans who do attend those games, keep bringing the level of energy. Y'all guys are awesome. You're affecting the game, and not only that, but you're giving these players something to play for, man. When they hear you cheering out there for them, you're firing them up. You're giving them more energy to keep going. So, you know. Shout out to them. And. <laughs> oh, guilty. <laughs> well, I will say, though, I guess that for anyone that is watching right now, you know, even though the. Can, oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, if you are a Titans fan and you just love to party, you love to tailgate, you love to get down. I am a part of Two Tone Blue Nation. We host an incredible tailgate for all. It doesn't matter, you know, how old or young you are. We got all kinds of food and drinks. We got a DJ. It's a fantastic time. We are located underneath the pedestrian bridge in Laudar. Again, we are Two Tone Blue Nation. It's a great time. Be sure to come by and check it out if you want to come party with the best. Definitely, man. Like I know, uh, like I said, me and my fellow co-hosts will be attending the the next home game against Atlanta Falcons for the throwback. So you know, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely be there. We'll hit you up, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah, for sure. All right, Lee. What's your what's your feel good story, brother? So first, Gary, you and I have went back and forth about this. Yeah, oh, I like your I like your feel good for sure. Van Borges. This most of the time, like if you hear about a woman playing or a young girl playing football, 
it's usually special teams. This girl is lining up as a safety. A safety. And if you go pull up her uh, game from a week or two ago, the reason I'm bringing this up, she's proven to young girls it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are. You can do anything that you put your mind to. Because she's going out there. This this girl's five foot six. Five foot six. And is playing, is playing safety. Yeah, no I believe she's bad. like five six, 140-something no pounds. Adversity in Virginia. Yeah. That's having no fear. They, not yep. afraid. That, yep. That's hard to find in a lot of people. Not five being six. not afraid to get hit or get hurt, or, you know, give hits or get hit. Yeah. But, of course, if any if anybody's on TikTok, go look this guy up, uh, Colton Hicks, and he's on TikTok as Hicksify, right? Uh, yeah, my ad's at Hicksify. You can find me, Colton Hicks. Uh, my profile picture, I'm picking up a keg. I was really hammered, and it was a great time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, make sure to follow me on there. I, fo- I post all kinds of Titans content. Try to do it daily. Sometimes I don't. It depends on how I'm feeling. Um, you can also find me on Twitter or X. It is the same deal, at Hicksify. Constantly tweeting on there. I love my Titans content. And say, and on top of that, whenever at the tailgates. Now, unfortunately, I was a little too intoxicated at this last one. I forgot to turn on the <laughs> microphone. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I was not able to do my, you know, my weekly uh, post that I like to do. I, yeah. I go around and ask questions. But if you are listening or watching this and you come and find me at a tailgate, I will put you in one of my TikToks. And it's going to be a great time. Yeah, man, Hicks, it was awesome to have you on the, the 615 here with us. And, I really man, appreciate like, y'all letting me on. This has been a fun time. Yeah, it's all all Lee, bro. Shout out to Lee for, for, for reaching out and getting you on. And, you know, Lee. hey, man, maybe we can have you on What's Shaking Titans as well here soon, man. That'd be yeah, awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love this. This is fun. Yeah, and man, course, it's, a, it's been a... Everybody... They lose it. Tune back in next week. Yeah, everybody, uh, if you're listening, tune back next week because our guest next week has 30-plus years of radio in Nashville. Talk about it. It's George Plaster. Ooh, okay. It's going to be awesome, man. For Colton Hicks and Gary Bailey, I'm Lee Hillis. As I always say, stay classy. And tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Let's get tightened up. Tightened up.